the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Another edition of Locked On Folks. I'm your host, Colby Powell, with you as always on a Tuesday. We usually do this on Wednesdays, but I'm going to be out of town tomorrow. So I gave Dion a call on a Tuesday morning, and he was happy to join me and talk a little college football. Dion, good uh, good weekend. What was going on this weekend? I guess it was the weekend after July 4th. So kind of a boring dud of a weekend, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was supposed to be. Uh, I had... Uh, a semi-bachelor party that I had to attend. And, you know, one of those bachelor parties where you tried to take place inside of COVID. So, I mean, like, how, or how crazy could you really get? But, I mean, we had some fun. That's good. That's good. I hope you had some fun. I hope everybody stayed safe. Uh, so anyway, let's just go ahead and, and dive right in because we've got a lot to get lot to get to today whenever it comes to the world of college football. So since the last time you and I spoke, the Power Five conferences, and when I say the Power Five conferences, I mean three of them, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 have all come out and said, we're going to play conference-only football. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey spoke yesterday, said uh, that they would make their important decisions in late July whenever they feel like uh, they have the most information. And, and basically what I think reading between the lines is that's about as long as we can wait and as long as we can put this decision off before we make it. So what do you make of the decision, uh, first off, by the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 to go to conference-only football in the fall? Uh, it was, uh, as, as crazy as all this has been. And, uh, from everything that I was hearing around the people that I know and, and the news outlets that I, that I, you know, take part in regularly and from the, the media people that I, I trust in and, and, you know, take in their content regularly. I wasn't concerned about football season and us starting on time until this decision came down. And now it has me a little, you know, in disarray because that means who else is next to follow. Uh, OSU is impacted so much because we have those games with those uh, teams inside those conferences. And then uh, what's the Big 12 going to do after that? And not only that, as far as, you know, on the local front with me, because you know that I do high school games and cover high school football here in the state of Oklahoma. So what does that mean for the high school level as far as athletics and football and starting up regularly? So this is the most concerned I've been since all of this went down about football season. Yeah, I was... Uh, yesterday I said on the podcast that I thought that this was the the first major domino falling toward a spring football season. I, I think that it was inevitable that at some point some changes were going to have to be made. I think the uh, the optimism that people had maybe six weeks ago that we could just pack people in the stadiums come September 1st uh, and just go about our business as usual as if nothing's going on. I always thought that was a little far-fetched, but I'm like, you know, you can do it without fans. If they're going to have students on campus, this is going to work. And now we're getting to a situation where um, the, the health crisis uh, in this country is getting worse before it gets 
it's better. And it, it seems like if the regular students aren't on campus, and this is what the young man from Arizona said last week on Twitter after they came out and said that they wouldn't be bringing students back on campus at Arizona until at least October. And he's on Twitter and he's like, well, what the hell are me and my teammates doing on campus? If it's not safe for everybody else to be here, how's it safe for me to be here? So, so I want to know, you played college football at the Division One level, the Power 5 level. You know what it is, the, the machine that it is, the engine that it is in terms of financially supporting every sport at the school, the amount of money that football brings in. And this is an unprecedented situation where the, the health of the players has to come first but that could potentially jeopardize all that revenue that football brings in. So as a guy who played at this level, how do you look at this as you're looking at these players who are trying to figure out, you know, what's best for them in in terms of playing football and and what's best for them in terms of health and making sure that they are where they need to be? Yeah, man, it's a hard subject matter to grasp because it's a very, very rare once-in-a-lifetime you know, thing that we're seeing take place here. And here's the funny thing about it. College athletics is also a once-in-a-lifetime thing that takes place. I mean, you get four years of eligibility and opportunity to make something of yourself, do live your dream, do what you want, and, and put yourself in a position to be successful later on in life. Now, not just with football, but with academics and, and having a way to expose yourself that, you know, could benefit you greatly. I mean, I can speak to that because I've been in a situation that playing football at Oklahoma State has benefited me greatly outside of the world of athletics, you know? So, but with that being said, you only have one life to live. And your health is very important to live a long and enjoyable life. And so to weigh the pros and cons is very, very important in this situation. Being on campus when other students are is a very, you know, it's, 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 it's a very risky thing to, to be asking the players and the athletes on this campus to do. Yeah, I, I want to ask you just one quick follow-up on that because you and I have talked about the money in college football before. Obviously, you know, the, the way you put it last time is the guys in those locker room, we're not idiots. We, we understand the amount of money that's running through college football, and we understand that we're the ones on the field every Saturday. I, I'm to the point where I feel like if football is played in the fall, it is a financial decision as opposed to one that's in the best interest of the players. As a player, if you were a player in 2020, not speaking for anybody else, just you, Deion Amade, we're playing for Oklahoma State in 2020. Would you feel um, as if you were being used purely as a means to an end to make money if they put you out there to play during this health crisis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no bones about it. The whole reason that this, our whole country is trying to come back before, technically, you know, we're it's probably safe to do so is because of the economy 
and trying to make sure the circles and the dollars, you know, circulate. It, 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 I mean, that's, there's, that's no difference with anything that's going on in this world. But the thing that's making it full evident now is this whole amateurism stuff that people have been talking about for so long. At this point, what the NCA has to realize and what they have to, they literally have to look themselves in the eyes and say, if we allow these players to play football this year, it, this whole conversation of if these guys are amateurs or if this is uh, if, if, they, if this is a money making organization, it, all that goes out the window. Yeah, the charade's over. Know, everybody will know that these guys are here not just to get a free education or for you know your morale at the school or for rah rah. You know, it's literally they make money for us. So let's play football. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very uncomfortable situation for a lot of people. I'm just I'm always fascinated by the financial side of college sports because, l- like we talked about, it's forever we've had this charade of amateurism, and the more and more money that's been brought into college sports, the the more and more difficult it's been to keep up the charade of amateurism, as, as we've seen uh, discussed throughout this entire offseason with name, image, and likeness, and now getting into a huge decision that college football has to make. So on the other side of the break, I want to get into the spring football alternative, see what you think of that, uh, your thoughts as someone who played the game as to what it would be like to uh, to play in the spring, to go through camp when it's cold outside as opposed to when it's 100 degrees outside, all that good stuff. Dion Amade, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, with me. We're back next here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Rolling along here on Locked on Pokes, Colby Powell and Dion Amade, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, was with the Pokes from 2010 to 2013. Some great years for Oklahoma State football. And Dion, we're talking about whether football is played in the fall. I I think that the belief is starting to turn into, well, we're delaying the inevitable by saying conference only. We, We know where the signs are pointing and the signs are pointing toward a spring football season. Now, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but just for, for, you know, a thought exercise, let's see what spring football would look like. So the spring semester academic wise is essentially first, second week of January through about the second week of May, something like that. And then you have the question of what happens for the next college football season. Do do you fire it up on September 1st after you just ended a season in May? We don't know what the case is with bowl games, with the college football playoff. I saw something earlier today. It's like, will the Rose Bowl really kick off on Memorial Day instead of New Year's Day? So how, how do you think they could put the pieces together for a spring season in terms of, uh, you, you know, having everybody come in, going through camp in the freezing cold winter, which wouldn't be as bad in Oklahoma as it would be for kids in, you know, Michigan, Michigan, Washington State, places like this. So how do you think um, logistically it works in the spring? Kobe, I don't know how they can make that happen. I honestly don't know how they can make that happen because so many dominoes would have to fall after that that would, you know, put this college sports, college football, you know, in a weird predicament for years to come. You're talking about, I mean, first of all, 
let's think about the star players that we that a lot of these the NCAA mainly benefits from because without the star players like Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders, I mean, you don't have a valuable product to put out onto you know national TV. A lot of those guys would be like, I don't know if I'm, especially if they're about to go into the draft, I don't think I'm going to play in the spring. That's a good so, point you bring up. Do, does the college football season overlap with the draft, or do the NFL and the exactly. NCAA come together and move the draft to like mid-June whenever everything would be done in college football? It would take some cooperation on the NFL's part, too. That, that's a good point you bring up. Exactly. And then now think about the players that are younger, like the freshmen and the sophomores and the juniors who are going to have to play that next season. Would they get the amount of rest that they need to start back up in the fall? I don't think so. I mean, you, it takes some time to recover. You, you play college football, so I, I want to ask you, not, not an injury, not like a torn Achilles. I'm just talking about the general wear and tear that is football. I mean, football is a violent game. It takes your body a while to get back right. Not from an injury, but just general wear and tear. How much time do you think from the end of a college football season to the time when you thought that your body was at 100%, you know, you felt like you were all systems go? Yeah, I, it, let's just say I needed about three months. And you got to remember, like, I didn't, like, like and I didn't play as many snaps as some of the some of my other teammates so my three months equivalent to theirs I don't know what their answer would be but I needed about three months and and, you know to put my and I needed to build my body back up because that's the thing during the season your body depletes so much and you you know you get weaker and you, you, you lose you know so much strength and speed and you know the, the wear and tear of the season it takes a lot from you so you need some time to build that back up for the next season essentially what you're asking these guys to do is to play two seasons within a calendar year that could be very detrimental their, to their future and what could you know the potential of this sport going forward like I just don't know how you get that accomplished well, and, and here's another concern I would have, and this would be a big concern. Let's look at Chuba Hubbard. Running back, took a bunch of hits last year, probably going to take a bunch more this year. He's best player on the team. He's going to get the ball a lot. Let's say Oklahoma State's season ends May 15th. When is he being asked to show up for OTAs in the NFL? When is he being asked to show up for minicamp? Because you take a guy like Chuba Hubbard, and Rob Glass is unbelievable, but I would imagine for most guys, there's still a little bit of a physical adjustment from going from playing college football to playing in the NFL. And you're asking guys, not just Chuba Hubbard, but guys all across the country to finish up their college football seasons in mid-May, and then are we giving them June, July? I mean, are we giving them two months? Are we giving them two months before they have to put pads on and, and go up against, you know, 10-year vets in the NFL in practice? Because I think that is a really, really tough ask. And don't get me wrong, I want to see college football more than anybody. If this was two years ago and we had no idea what Oklahoma State looks like, ah, let's scrap it. Let's, let's get back together next fall. Dion, we're talking Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tyler Wallace, that offensive line, the other weapons, Stoner, Braden Johnson, Colby Harvell-Peel, Trey Sterling, Malcolm Rodriguez, Trace Ford. I mean, we're talking about a culmination of talent that we haven't seen for quite some time in Stillwater. So 
I want to see college football, but I also don't want to see college football players used as a means to an end. And I think it puts us all in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, man. Just the talent that we have this year is it's one of the the best that we've had in a while, and we have an opportunity to do great things, but. I just don't know if those great things can happen in the spring. <laughs> I, I just don't think, because you've you already seen play. You're talking about, we're in this generation where players are saying, hey, if we're not playing for a national championship, I'm not suiting up in this bowl game right. when it's this close to the draft. That's, that's too risky. Now you're telling them that you're going to play a whole season, a whole season this close to the draft? Nah, and again, I don't, I, I don't know how it happened. More to your point, what are you working towards? Because in this spring model, is there going to be a full bowl season? What are guys getting rewarded with for going out there and laying it on the line each week? Is there going to be a college football playoff? Are we going to have you know conference championships like normal? I'll, I'll say this: I don't know logistically how it works because the the timing of it would just be really tough, especially for guys going to the NFL. Because even if college tweaked the start of next season, backed it up to October first or something to give them another month, the NFL isn't going to do that. The NFL is going to stick with their schedule and what they do. So that's a tough ask. But um, yeah, it's just a, a tough situation. Everyone is being put in. I'll say this: I do think they'll try it, Dion. I think they'll try spring football because we we've seen them talk. Uh, I think it was the Iowa State athletic director that came out yesterday and said that if football's moved to the spring, not even canceled, just if it's moved to the spring, they 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 expect to lose about forty million in revenue, which is I mean obviously a backbreaker for a ton of schools. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the ripple effect that this has on college athletics, whether other smaller sports um, aren't able to stick around. We need to take one more break. Dion, we'll come back on the other side. We'll wrap this conversation up. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of decommits from Oklahoma State, just the uphill battle that is constantly fought uh, by the non-Blue Bloods in college football to land elite talent in recruiting cycles. All that and more, we'll wrap things up coming up next here on Locked on Pokes. We are back wrapping things up here on a Tuesday on Locked on Pokes. Dion Amade, gracious enough to switch days for me since I'm going to be out of town tomorrow. Looking forward to uh, to everything going on right now in the world of sports. Obviously, the NBA is trying to get back going. Golf is in full swing. Several Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, doing some big things on the PGA Tour. Uh, Kate Cunningham is in town. We're trying to figure out how sports work in the fall in collegiate athletics. So, one more question I had for you, Dion, and then I want to ask you uh, about the, the decommits in the last couple of days from Oklahoma State. The one more question I have about the spring semester, and this is not a question you, you know the answer to, but I want to know what you think they would do. Guys enroll early, right? I mean, this is something a lot of elite players do across the country. Guys go to their first semester of their senior year of high school. They graduate early. They enroll early in the spring semester at university, at, at wherever they're going to play collegiate football. So in a theoretical spring season, are we going to have guys enroll early, but because they weren't part of the class that would have played in the fall, they're now not allowed to play in the spring? 
Or are we letting guys enroll early, start going to classes on January 10th, and suit up for a college football game on February 1st? What, what do you think is the right thing to do or what you think they would do about early enrollees for college football? Man, uh, I think you would have to keep it. Dang, that's a hard question because. Right? I didn't tell Dion I was going to ask him this. They, I wanted to put him on spot on the air. If they, if they played uh, their, their high school season, I don't think it's a good idea for you to roll them out there. I think it would be cool to let them go ahead and practice with the team, let them run some scout team, let them get used to the college aspect or college level of competition. But putting a, a, a would-be or supposed-to-be senior in high school out there on a Division One football field, if he's not ready, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. See, and, and I again, don't think that's a good idea. I totally agree with you that if he's not ready – that he shouldn't be out there, there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, we see guys like Trace Ford. And look, Trace Ford was ready to go September 1st. Would he have been ready to go February 1st, six months prior? I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't yeah. have. But there are guys. I mean, Adrian Peterson, whenever he came out, he would have been ready to go February 1st. So it's it, – it, do you leave it up to the schools? Does that set a dangerous precedent? Do, do you now have a situation – because we're talking about guys having to play two seasons – Dion in a calendar year like you mentioned with high school football we're talking about guys potentially if the enrollee early enrollees are allowed to play in the spring that would play a high school football season they would take December off January would be camp college football in the spring two months off camp in the summer college football again in the fall we're talking about three full football seasons and the transition from college from high school to college uh all in the span of about 14 months uh and that's a pretty tough ask for these players. So hopefully for the, for the sake of the players, uh, they would make them wait until the fall if they weren't part of that recruiting class. And I, I think that that's the way they would handle it, but you just never know with the NCAA until the time comes. Uh, let me ask you about these Sounds couple of decommits. Do what now? Sounds overwhelming, man. <laughs> it sounds like for, a lot. For a high school senior. <laughs> it's, yeah, sounds absolutely overwhelming um, for a high school senior. So uh, these two decommits the last two days. Kelvin Banks, four-star offensive tackle, obviously a uh, big loss from the 2022 class. And then from the 2021 class, Colby Fields um, has now decommitted, three-star linebacker out of Louisiana. So, uh, y- you know, is two guys a trend? Not necessarily. Um, and both these guys, Dion, from what I'm reading, their stocks have gone up since they committed to Oklahoma State. So it seems like it's more of a a, a, a happening of they're getting many more offers and feel like maybe they pulled the trigger too quick on their commitments uh, as opposed to decommitting due to any of the drama in Stillwater over the past 30 days. Um, but what, what do you make of the, the decommitments? Because obviously for a school like Oklahoma State, it's a constant uphill battle in recruiting whenever you've got a guy and then these big boys come in and they're like, hey, this kid can play. And then he decommits because now he's got offers from the big boys. It's just it's it's a tough spot to be for a school like Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't. I think the news is being made bigger than it actually is because kids in this in this uh, day and age of recruiting decommit all the time. Now, in my opinion, like uh, from what I know about college athletics, because I've been in it and I've been a part of that recruiting process as far as being a recruit, helping my team recruit. 
seeing coaches go out and recruit the efforts that they put in there, I would tell an individual, do not commit if you, unless you know that's the school you want to go to because decommitting is a very, you know, it's a, it's a rough thing to do to a school and as far, as far as, you know, and for yourself because let's, let's just say, you you decide to decommit and, and go somewhere else, and then you decide to change your mind and come back. I mean, it it, it, it puts questions about you into into the college football circle. Like, like let's just put it that way. It puts questions about you and your character in the college football circle. When you make a decision, try to hold off and make that decision decision until you're for sure about it. Now, with that being said, the decommitment, I don't think it is a big deal because that's just something that happens nowadays. And it's only news right now because of everything that we've been through throughout this whole summer. I think if we didn't have any of this news, would it be something, would it be a bulletin board topic to talk about just because of the time of the year that we're in? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's only being talked about because of the summer that we've had. And, honestly, uh, it, it should be, it's, it's a good thing that it's only two thus far. And from what I hear, it's still uh, a likelihood for this class to be a, a, very, uh, a very talented recruiting class from the Oklahoma State coaching yeah, I, th- I think this is more obviously the drama with Mike Gundy is going to put a spotlight on recruiting just to see if it has an effect. Um, but certainly I don't right. think that that conclusion can be drawn from these two decommitments. This really strikes me as a case of two guys who committed to Oklahoma State. They were excited to be Cowboys. And then big offers started rolling in and their recruiting rankings started rising. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to take a step back and make sure that this is what's best for me in my future. But uh, again, more than anything, it just it paints the picture to me of the haves and the have-nots in college football where a school like Oklahoma State has a guy committed and then all these big boys have to do is walk in and say, hey, saw your recruiting ranking was going up. Come play for me. And it's like, well, I better think about my future. And I get it because you want to go wherever gives you the best chance to play at the next level. It just puts Oklahoma State in a tough, tough spot. It's, it's so tough for college football to have parity, Dion, because college football is not designed for parity. College football is designed for those who are in the club to stay in the club and to further solidify their spot in the club. It's not designed for schools like Oklahoma State to be able to land the best players in the country and all of a sudden start making noise amongst the big boys. Yeah, I mean, the, the people that are coming into college football get to choose where they want to go. And that's how the top Teams stay on top. Now, when X factors come into play, that's where questions <laughs> come up. But for the most part, how you win is your state being good or you being good at recruiting. So hopefully, I mean, with all this being said, we can we can still galvanize enough interest from the top talent to come in. And, and come in and compete for, for championships here at Oklahoma State. Or, you know, the, the, the talent in Oklahoma high school football is increasingly, increasingly getting better and better as the years go along. And I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State doesn't have, a, have some, some 
great kid come out of this state and decide to want to stay home and and play some football for the Cowboys. Yeah, no doubt. Oklahoma High School football is in a very, very good place. Uh, Dion, you're the man. Thanks for moving to Tuesday. Good discussion today about some hard questions that are going to be faced in the coming weeks in college football. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure there will be even more developments by the time we talk again middle of next week. So have a good rest of your week. Thanks for joining us. All right, Kobe, you stay safe out there, man. All right, that's Dion Amade. Joins me usually on Wednesdays here on Locked on Pokes. Moved it up to Tuesday this week. Glad everyone was with us. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. You can find Dion at Dion Amade underscore 28. All right, that is all for today. Back later in the week. Thanks for listening to Locked on Pokes.